the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's get into a uh, Thursday show. We've gotten past Wednesday. Now we're on the downside of the week, and that's a good thing. We'll start it off with J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group. And Seth May, of course, will join us from the Arkansas GOP. Guys, good to have you with us today. Anything that's over the last week that really stands out to you about what's going on either nationally or locally? I'll let you start off, Jr. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, the fact that U of A is going to play ASU finally. I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> that's big, a big deal. deal, isn't it? <laughs> that's a big deal. I had to look twice yesterday when I saw that come across my phone there. So, um, yeah, I think that's, <laughs> quite frankly, uh, probably the biggest news in some time. Uh, you know, I think really at this point, you know, we've seen some uh, candidate top in some, some of the uh, – uh, smaller races uh, for the constitutional offices. I think you're going to see more of that uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, and I also think that, um, you know, we're right in the thick of things with the legislative session. You're starting to see things move more quickly. You're starting to see more, um, I don't want to say controversial legislation, but just more, I would say, more complicated legislation uh, start to move through. Uh, the committees, and so it's just a, it's a very, very interesting time in Arkansas uh, state government and politics as everything sort of um, blends together a little bit as people start announcing for races in the 2022 cycle and things start picking up a bit in the legislative session. What about you, uh, Seth? Yeah, I would agree with that. That's We're at the point in the year now, we're past the, the good feelings of the new year, and now it's into the sausage making, and I think that uh, some of those more complicated measures are going to start making their way uh, through committees all over the state capitol. And so stand your ground is really the first signature piece of legislation, I think, for this session. And, of course, we had a hiccup uh, earlier in the week in judiciary on the House side. Uh, the Democrat Party, you know, uh, uh, worked their committee assignments to stack that committee with as many Democrats as they can have. Uh, which, you know, in effect, on a lot of the other committees, they only have two, sometimes only one Democrat represented in, in those committees. But that was an attempt to front load the Judiciary Committee really for two reasons. And I have to think number one is to stop stand your ground because that's feasible, whereas I think the second reason they stacked the committee for hate crimes legislation in any form really hits a snag over on the Senate end in, that, in a committee of the same name. So I think their number one priority was to stop stand your ground. And you saw a lot of uh, 
in the end zone spiking of the football on social media and in the press from the Democratic Party a couple days ago. I think a week from now, they're probably going to regret doing that and making it such a partisan issue. This bill wasn't stopped in committee uh, by by liberal concerns. That isn't why Republican members of the committee uh, didn't vote for the bill at that time. (laughs) It wasn't with the shared concerns of the Democrats. And so uh, I think the caucus is going to work through this. You heard that from Representative Pilkington yesterday in the well, that he wants to meet with colleagues and, and doesn't want anybody to say, you know what, I, I felt like I was pressured into voting for it. He said, that's not how we're going to do it. We're going to talk it through. And if that means pulling the bill and waiting a week and talking with everybody and making sure we're all on the same page and understand what we're voting on, then that's what we're going to do. Well, just so, so, that, you'll, just so you'll know, uh, at 635, State uh, Senator Bob Ballinger and uh, uh, the NRA will be here in the studio to talk with you guys about that particular bill. I got a question for you, Seth and Jr. How do these different uh, representatives and senators get chairmanships? Do they ask for them and then they're granted? Or do they say, I have X amount of seniority and I get a chairmanship and I want this one? Well, I think it could it, it can go a lot of different ways. Of course, on the House end, the committee chairships are assigned by the speaker. I, I don't know what process the speaker uses, so I don't want to get in his head. But, of course, Speaker Shepard is a very thoughtful individual, a lawyer by trade. And so a lot of the committee chairships, like Carol Dobby in Judiciary, is the same person that chaired the, chaired the committee in the last session. So she would be the most senior-ranking member of uh, that committee. Um, Joe Jett, same for revenue and tax. So I, I don't know that that's the, the thought used for every committee, but, you know, the ones that come to mind, that's the thought process. This is the person with the most seniority. And, and do those folks reach out to the speaker and say, hey, speaker, I'd, I'd really like, you know, to chair the same committee I've, I've been chairing. You know, I feel like, you know, one session I got my feet under me and that just the committees run smoother when you have the experience in the chair position to continue to move legislation through. But I don't know that that applies to every committee per se. Yeah, because Dobby seems to be part of the problem with Stand Your Ground. Agree or disagree? I would disagree with that. I think that there were many members in that committee, Republican members, that wanted to work on this bill and didn't want their name to be associated with the vote. You may be referencing that she adjourned the committee very quickly after the vote. Um, I don't know that that signaled she was against the bill. I think that signaled that bill wasn't ready to pass that committee. And if you listen to the yeas and nays, it really wasn't close, just to be honest with you. So I think she did the best for the bill in allowing it to be discussed further amongst the Republican caucus. Um, that it may be a better bill and everybody feel better about it by the time it makes it to the floor. I think if we took a voice vote that day, or not a voice vote, rather a roll call, um, I think we could be in a different spot. Some individuals, like Brant Smith, were very open in saying that they had voiced a no vote and had further discussed the bill after that committee meeting and decided to vote yes. Um, I don't know that other members would be as open as Brant Smith was in in detailing all of that. And so now they have the ability to do as he did and talk with 
with Senator Ballinger and with Representative Pilkington uh, to know more about the bill and to feel more comfortable with it, which they otherwise wouldn't have done because they would have been a public no. And and then when you switch, it's it's hard to justify that as well. I, I discussed it further. Well, did you not know about it when you voted on it the first time, you know? So uh, it's difficult, but that's what sausage making is. What is it about, uh, and Jr. I don't know if, if, if you're involved uh, close enough or Seth if you're involved close enough we might have to wait until the state senator gets on to find out what it is that was causing everybody heartburn I I the only thing that I could see is that there were some who believed that it was not strong enough as being a stand your ground bill am I wrong is it uh, is it that there's people that are backing down from going to go there yeah, I would say, I mean, from my understanding, and Senator Ballinger will be uh, obviously much better at articulating this, but there's a uh, a group that feels that this doesn't go far enough and they'd like to change the language um, uh, to, to remedy that in their minds. You know, the problem is I don't believe the language they're wanting to insert uh, is, is any more powerful than what uh, Senator Ballinger and the NRA have worked on to include in this legislation. So I just look, there's just a, uh, my humble opinion is there's a lot of loud noises going on out there. Um, and I think there is a smaller group and I'm not just talking about legislators. It's sort of, you know, we've, <laughs> we've seen a lot of the same actors over the last uh, four years or so, but it's just very, very loud. Uh, makes it feel as though there's a really big issue here. Um, I have a feeling once members get back together and, and, and talk this through, um, uh, this won't have any problems uh, getting through the legislature. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's part of the process, but sometimes it, it, it sometimes it surprises you um, when you have something like this uh, that those who would normally support it. Uh, pull their support back and, and say it just doesn't it just doesn't do enough so uh, a little surprising on that but i expect things to get worked out and get through seth were you surprised yesterday when this went to the floor and they were going to vote on whether to pull this bill and take it directly to the house f- uh, floor for a vote uh, that uh the Pushington got up there in the well and and said no um, let's let's uh, this let's wait a few moments about this. Were you surprised at that? I would say a little, you know, but I definitely think that was the right decision. As he said, you don't want members to feel like they've been backed into a corner and are forced to vote a certain way. You, you want people to feel like they have a good understanding of the bill. They had moved that meeting down here to the building I'm in right now. Uh, after after the session adjourned for the day for the Republican caucus to be here at the headquarters to meet. And yours truly got to throw out some Democratic activists who had followed legislators from the Capitol down here. Um, but I, yesterday, I know that, hey, they were in a closed door room and, and they got to talk through their concerns with the bill and ask questions on the bill. Second point, I think the language, what what needs to be changed, I think some folks want to change the term lawfully present quote, quote, those two words, to quote, the right to be there, end quote. As my understanding, I would ask Senator Ballinger if that's a correct interpretation of what's being asked. And Dave, I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on TV sometimes. 
lawfully present to me is stronger language than right to be there. That's a very ambiguous right to be there. What does that mean? Lawfully present, I think in your head, you can put opposite unlawfully present and have a pretty good understanding of of where that is. But I think that's the technical hiccup in the actual words on paper. All right. Well, when we have uh, Ballinger on here, you can ask him that specific question uh, because all of us will be in on the uh, the conversation. They'll be here in studio. You all are on phone. All right. Let's get a break in at six seventeen in the morning. Uh, we've got, and if you're not understanding, stand your ground is kind of in uh, limbo right now. It's in purgatory. We'll see what's going to happen. We'll try to get a grip on this uh, a little later on in the show around 635. It is the Dave Ellswick Show on 1011 FM, The Answer, and we'll be right back. Some people asked me uh, on uh, uh, Facebook the other day what had happened with Groundhog's Day, and I'm sure they were asking me, did the Groundhog see a shadow or didn't he? The answer is no, he did not. That means six more weeks of winter. So, uh, although winter here has been pretty mild this year thus far. Hasn't been real, real cold. Supposed to be up near 60 degrees today, but a little bit of rain sprinkled in as the day goes on. I might get out and do some walking like I try to do every day uh, during the afternoon and dodge the raindrops if I have to, but got to get out there and put one foot in front of the other. Our guest, as usual, on a Thursday, J.R. Davis is here. As uh, He's with the Gilmore Group, by the way, and with us is Seth Mays, who is over at the uh, Arkansas GOP. He's joining us. Uh, we just got a call here in the studio, and uh, State Senator Bob Ballinger is uh, on his way up. He'll join us in the 635 half hour, and uh, we're going to be uh, joined also uh, by uh, the uh, the Arkansas State Representative for uh, the uh, the NRA, and uh, we'll be talking with him as well. He's coming in uh, to be with us uh, uh, today as well. So uh, Matt Her- uh, Harriman uh, will be here as well. Just wanted to let you know that. And we're going to talk about Stand Your Ground again in the next half hour and uh, get some more information on you know, why the snags on this? And uh, as you heard, kind of heard from Seth, sounds like to me, haggling over just some of this language, I understand that language can change the whole tenor of a bill, but the language that he's bringing up doesn't seem to me, well, I, I'm with you. It, it, what they want to go to, if truly that's it, uh, it sounds ambiguous to me and could cause problems if it was you know introduced in a courtroom uh by either prosecutor or defender you know what i'm saying there he is we just i'm just looking bob ballinger walking in right now go ahead uh, seth i mean yeah that 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 type of wording i i question you know do we want to change we i'll get state senator here too you go ahead and put your headphones on there, you know, Bob, and you can take your mask off. This is we. I wiped it down, brother. It's good. Yeah, it's well, good in here. All right. So anyway, okay. Seth, bring up this this question that you had that that you you you've heard been talked about. All right, Dave. I have sure. no audio. You have no audio. Right. 
turn that little silver knob. You hear? No, I can hear you now. You hear it now? Okay, go no. ahead. Hey, good morning, Senator. Good morning. Um, I, I call you Bullet Bob affectionately. I know the Democrats <laughs> don't necessarily mean that when they refer to you as such, but we were explaining kind of what we see the hiccup as with the Stand Your Ground bill up to this point. I said, as, as best I can tell, the most specific hiccup for some folks has been the changing of the term lawfully present. And my best understanding is folks would prefer the right to be there or some phraseology like that as opposed to lawfully present, which, as we were discussing, I'm not sure is is stronger language. So could you just help walk us through, give us a better understanding of the concerns you've heard uh, uh, from members and if those are concerns that can be overcome? Uh, whether this goes back through committee on the House side or is extracted to the floor. Sure. So, and, and I think that, I think you're, you're, you almost answered your question. I, I don't think it is stronger language. And, and the, the biggest reason is that the lawfully present, you know, it, it's, it is in the majority of the, or, or very many of the other stand your ground statutes like Florida's stand your ground statutes. It, it's, it's understood. So it, it makes it where there it is. It's much more clear, and it's basically you're not by you being in that location, you're not breaking the law. the um, The right to be there would be uh, would be a I think probably the courts would interpret it exactly the same way. They probably would interpret it mean that you're not breaking the law to be in that place. Um, but it, I, I mean, I understand like or they have explained to me why they want that because they feel like rights are are fundamental and they can't be you know you can't pass a law to abridge a person's rights, but that's not how courts look at it. Courts will look at it like you have a right to be there if it's legal for you to be there. You know, if it's a violation of constitutional right, it doesn't matter no matter what the, I mean, it, it's, you still have that, that same, same idea. So either way, the question is, it's not clearly a better way to do it. It's not, it's not a, it's not necessary a better way to do that. And, and the most important thing is what we're talking about here is that that's that is an exception to the stand your ground, right? You have no no duty to retreat unless you're don't, not legally present in the place. And so, w- the worst case scenario that brings us back to where we are today that you would have a duty to retreat if you can treat safely. And and so it really is. It's I mean honestly, it it, it demonstrates a, a a a foolishness honestly in how you negotiate in the fact that they don't want this bill. Because it doesn't go as far as what they want it to go, I mean, even in their interpretation, but it actually still improves the situation in 98.5% of the cases. I just, I just for both of you, I just got a text sent to me. It says, gun owners of Arkansas, which is a group, by the way, are now it's claiming, page at least. they are now claiming that Arkansas has no duty to retreat under current law. <laughs> and the, the person says, that's an insane claim. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, well, honestly, I think what happened is they started going down the path at the beginning. Like they, they decided they were opposed to it probably because they hate the NRA, they hate Bob Ballinger, they hate, they're, they're angry. And, why, and why, no way! I'm going to stop you. Why do they hate you? And you know, and I kind of understand the NRA on a national scale. I don't understand it, it, what's going on locally, well, though. And, and that's the thing is, I mean, they need to realize what the NRA is. I mean, there are a bunch of people who are gun owners who pay money monthly or yearly or whatever in order to to protect their constitutional rights. They're the gun owners. That's the, what what the NRA is. It's the it's the people. It's their neighbors who care about the Second Amendment. They 
Anyway, but from my standpoint, it's politics. I I ran in a primary against a guy that was, in their mind, you know, Uh, was their champion, and so it 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 goes back to that. But and also, I carried the enhanced carry bill that. I mean, they should like it, enable people to carry you in more places, less gun-free zones, but they don't like the idea of having to get a permit at all, which I get. I understand that. Right. Uh, well, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. My, my take on all of it is I, I would say I was listen, listening on the way in. Uh, I, I think what's unfortunate about the discussion that we're having to have is that it is a major distraction from the true intent of this legislation. Okay. Which is to protect victims right. over criminals. <laughs> I mean, the bottom line, that is what this legislation at the end of the day is going to do. And so this discussion of, well, this isn't good enough is is very distracting, and, and it hurts the cause, frankly. Yeah. Uh, it, it really hurts the cause. Well, I see it as keeping innocent people from becoming felons. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I mean, that's how I see this. I mean, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, and that's the gun ownership of, of, of uh, Arkansas. But I think that you're, you know, you're literally going to try to throw out the baby with the bathwater here. Yep. And that makes no sense. Maybe if there's something else that needs to be tweaked, you can tweak again in two years. Yep. Yeah. This this all or nothing approach is uh, is is again, it's just, it's just not helpful. Well, it, and that's the thing is we have we have a unified I'm down to 15 seconds. Oh, okay. Well, I, when we talk get back, we'll I'm talking about back. how unified they are, and I, we're not. Yeah, let's come back, and we'll talk more about this here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back, and we're talking about Stand Your Ground again. I thought we got it through the Senate, and I thought, oh, okay, we're home free this time. Well, I was warned after I said that kind of on the air one day. Somebody called me and said, Dave, there are people in the House that are questioning the bill. And I said, what? He says, oh, yeah. And I said, please tell me that we're not going to snatch, you know, uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. And they said, could be, could be. Does that drive you guys crazy? Uh, J.R. Davis is on from the Gilmore Group, and Seth uh, Mays is on from the Arkansas GOP. People, it's all or nothing, and and, and they'll settle for nothing than something to say. That drives me crazy, to be honest. What, What about you guys? Yeah, certainly it does. Seth, yeah, I, I agree. And uh, let me let me, I guess, phrase my response in a question, uh, Senator. Let's say that that we decided to change the language in this bill today, a bill that has no known opposition from any law enforcement group. Let's say we decided to change that, and then some uh, chief of police in a city or a sheriff reaches out to their local representative and says, "Hey, I." Uh, I was okay with with the version before, but I'm uncomfortable with this new language that's been amended to the bill. And uh, I'd be grateful if you didn't support that. I don't know that I can support that anymore. And so a change in the language could get a couple more folks on board, but it's sort of like in my opinion, throwing the dice in the air and hoping it lands on snake eyes, that you don't lose more members than you would gain on from that addition. And then you go, instead of working on this bill for two or three years, then you're going to be working on it for five. Right. You could kill it for this session. Is that is that sort of, you think, an accurate representation of the process? Yeah, except one thing I would say, it's not like throwing dice in the air, because I know of three members of the House Judiciary 
that say if we lose the prosecutors that they, we lose them. Mm-hmm. So, so right. it, at this point, it, it is. I mean, it's it's what we worked on. And, and look, I I would even be willing to take that chance and go ahead and pull it out of the committee and 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 lose law enforcement and lose prosecutors if the change was necessary. Right? If it was, if it made the bill better but in this case that's just not the case and, and and it's easy to tell because when you ask somebody okay explain to me how this really makes it better and most people don't have a have a, a good logical explanation for it all right let me jump in here guys uh, i heard a piece of news just a moment ago uh that is very important i believe i mean people who you know for whatever reason have a stomach ache with the nra the GOA is on this now. They're they're right. firmly behind this legislation as well. Gun owners of America. Hopefully, that will make people uh, a lot more understanding that it's a great piece of legislation. Jr., do you think that goes anywhere to to make people feel better about this? Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly helps. But I mean, I I agree that there's. They're, they're, they're always, at least on some of these issues in the legislative session, there is a very small minority, uh, but they're very loud. Um, and it seems like, you know, uh, all they do is yell until someone starts to pay attention or uh, they, you know, members, I think in some cases, you know, aren't sure if, if uh what they're being told is correct or not. And so, you know, it is frustrating. I agree with, excuse me, I agree with Senator Ballinger. I think sometimes, you know, when you've worked uh, uh, on something like this for as long as he has and you have that support, and as he's mentioned, you feel the the language of the bill is is appropriate uh, and you've got members who are going to back it because of prosecutor support, those types of things, I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a it's a kind of a fine line and a dance you have to do, and everything is where it needs to be. And now you have this sort of argument over something that, in my opinion, just doesn't matter. So uh, I expect it to, uh, you know, again, uh, move through the process, these things to be worked out, and, and for this to finally get through. But it just seems like there's always something uh, every session. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think I think Jr. makes a great point in the sense of. Uh, this group is is very much a minority. I had a conversation with a representative yesterday, and I said, "Look, I, I tell you know candidates and members all the time that we live in such a bubble, <laughs> right. but these guys are so incredibly loud that it makes it seems like there's this huge minority of people." Uh, that that have this great problem with with the bill when in reality uh, when rubber meets the road uh, in in the campaign cycle uh, the vast majority of voters are are not going to know what happened uh, you know this week or or possibly next week too uh, they're, they're just not going to remember yeah they're going to know whether or not you supported stand your ground or opposed it and and that is going to be the message that's communicated in primaries in a, in a couple of years. Okay, I, I just had something sent to me. Somebody sent me a copy of the bill, and they highlighted a part. Okay. Can I read it to you, and then you can Absolutely. talk about it? All right. It says, a pregnant woman, all right, and justified in using physical force or deadly uh, physical force against another person, and then it, the part they got highlighted is the justification for using physical force or deadly physical force 
against another person to protect a pregnant woman's unborn child is not available if the use of the physical force or deadly physical force for protection was used by a person other than the pregnant woman. And so the, the easiest way to deal with that is, is that language in the bill underlined. So, so if you don't mind telling the public, is that language in the bill underlined? Uh, it uh, that I have, it is not the right. only thing that is. So, so yeah, okay. What that is is in 2013, we we uh, passed legislation, and and really it wasn't as much about self defense as much it was about establishing the personhood of a, of an unborn baby. And so it was actually Gary Stubblefield ran in the Senate, I ran in the House. It was passed into law, and it included that language. Okay. So that, that is existing language in the code. Now, back then, we had a 50-50 split, had to go through a judiciary that only had seven Republicans on it. And so it had the exception in there that another person couldn't use it, which, which you can imagine why they would, because if that language hadn't been changed, we could all go storm that abortion clinic and protect a lot of babies, right? Right. Which... I'm I'm pretty radical. Let's do it, right? I'm you know I'm good with that, but that's existing language that has an exception to it. The only reason why pregnant women are even brought into this bill is because when we started looking at it, we realized the pregnant women pointed over to the duty to retreat, and so we don't want to leave the pregnant women out there as having an obligation to retreat. So the only reason why it's in there is now a a mother who has a baby in her belly and is not protecting herself but protecting the baby in her belly will now have no duty to retreat. And so that language is put in there to do that. And so and it is absolutely, honestly, so it's either a demonstration of profound negligence or it's a demonstration of nefariousness that these people who claim to be gun people, who claim to know gun law, are pointing to that and acting like it has something to do with, with protecting the mother or the baby. When we know that that is existing law, this is not something that, that, that we're changing in the code. Is The problem well, and, is that a lot of people may not even know that's existing law. Right. Yes. And I, I think the point needs to be made, too, that this, this group was nowhere to be found in 2019. They certainly weren't opposed to this legislation. Right. Uh, Bob alluded to this earlier that this may have more to do with personalities than actually getting the ball down the, the field, mm-hmm. uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, but this this group was was not opposed to the bill two years ago. Um, frankly, you can make it the case that they were even silent on on this issue. Uh, so so all of a sudden they've got all these different problems with the legislation, which frankly. Uh, over the course of this past fall or the past two years, uh, Senator Ballinger and Representative Pilkington, along with ourselves, spent a lot of time going back and forth with prosecutors and law enforcement. They actually came our direction on the bill. So the bill is actually a better bill than even it was in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, but none of that matters. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also funny. We all we all know what happened with Cooper. They had a a fun time beating the tar out of Cooper for not voting for this weaker version of the bill mm-hmm. in in uh, 2019, and so they you know they they you know spent a lot of time talking about how he didn't vote for it, and now they're out here opposing it, which is just kind of kind of it's insane. But that's by politics. the way, the person who took. Uh, Cooper's place, Dan Sullivan, voted for this yeah, bill. That's right. <laughs> every every Republican senator, except for one who's really a Democrat, voted for the bill. Okay. We had a Democrat vote for it in the Senate. A Democrat voted for it. So we had bipartisan support. Really? <laughs> who's a Democrat? <laughs> Teague. Senator Teague. He's a Democrat who's really a Republican. Okay. All right. But I'm going to think that Hendren voted against. Yes, he did. 
Okay. And he's been out, you know, wearing this like a badge of courage. Yeah, he is. I mean, he truly is. He wants it, to run for governor it, at, as an independent. Yeah, or as a Democrat. I'm, I'm thinking that's possible. You think he might change parties? I think from a political standpoint, it's probably the only way he actually You cut off your mic there. There you go. On? There you oh. go. It's right. Yeah, that, so go. anyway, as a, from a political spe- perspective, I think that's the only way you could get elected. Well, I got to definitely agree with that. Yep. I mean, it, you put you get into the three-way that's there right now, he's, he'll finish fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's the best way I can put it. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's quarter till seven. State Representative Bob Ballinger is here. Uh, we've got Matt uh, Harriman here. He is with the NRA. We've got uh, J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group, and we've also got Seth Mays from the Arkansas GOP. When we come back, i going to tell you some stories from behind the scenes that when you go and you try to make a bill, some people have other reasons than the bill for the reason that they do things. We'll, we'll talk about that. I want to talk to you about Eric Coleman, my good buddy over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry uh, over at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard. Uh, today is, today's what, the third or the fourth? Fourth. Today's February 4th. You are 10 days. All right. You're still double digits, all right, from Valentine's Day. But you're a whole lot closer than you were on January 1st. I'm just letting you know. And I've been talking about this since the beginning of the new year. Valentine's Day is not that far away. Do not wait any longer. Get over to 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard. Stop by Hillcrest Designer Jewelry and look at what Eric Coleman has in his cases that uh, can meet your pocketbook that will make your significant other a happy camper. Remember my my great uh, statement to you that my father told me when I was a teenager. Ain't, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. All right? He told me that when I was about 13. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So you you, you got to keep that in mind. Uh, call Eric and talk to him about that. See, D- Dave said call you and say, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, and give me some direction here, and he will. All right, 501-246-3655. If you've got just a smidgen of money to spend, Eric will work with you, and you'll have something for that significant other. Secondly, make sure you make your uh, you know reservation now to go out to dinner because there's fewer places now than there's ever been on any uh, Valentine's Day that we've had. 501-246-3655. Call Eric Coleman at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry today. All right, so we're into the final segment of the show for today. Uh, it's my th- I want to say uh, while he's here, my thanks to uh, State Senator Ballinger for coming in. He's been a friend of this show for years. He has always come on my show and and spoke about issues. A lot of lot of uh, senators specifically don't like to come on the radio. Really? Yeah. State state reps more like to come on, and and I think they're just more in touch with their their people a lot of times because they got to mm-hmm. run every two years. Sure. But uh, and then Matt's here. Uh, Matt Harriman is here from the NRA, and it's always a pleasure to have him to jo- stop by and and talk to us as well. Again, I want big news came out. Uh, Gun Owners of America, GOA, has backed this piece of legislation. That's a big, big deal. Now, does that mean all the people who have uh, thrown up their fingers and formed a 
you know, the cross and when they say NRA, are you going to do that with the GOA now? It's a, it's a question. Just because they don't meet you 100%. You know, I'm a Reagan Republican. I've right. always been. Matt, or not Matt, but, uh, uh, you know, Seth, you know this. If you Now, I'm a, I got a little higher standard than the president had. He used to be 80%. I'm a 90% guy. <laughs> if I can get behind you 90%, I will support you. And uh, but there's some people now. If you're not pure, I mean, what as the as the white driven snow and Jr. You can talk about this as well. Uh, you get attacked right by people. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, let's start with Jr. On that one. Well, I mean, it's like baseball purists, right? At some point, you got to think 164 games a year seems like a lot, right? You know, and so like that's kind of where I feel like we are on some of these issues that compromise is a bad word or that hey um you can't let you know perfect be the enemy of the good and and so you know i, I think that there's just I, I truly i think in all seriousness what worries me is that there's this idea i think and and, and senator ballinger um i'd love to hear his thoughts on this but there, there's some there seems to be um a, a further and further divide of sort of you know zero uh, sort of appetite to kind of compromise on certain pieces of le- now not compromising on principle but just on pieces of legislation that you know people get together they usually can say if you do this we can be okay with that if you do that we can be okay with this that that feels like that's happening less and less uh, and I do think that's that that could be an issue for you know and, I, and we're talking not just federally we've seen that in Washington for a while but I do think in Arkansas to some degree. Senator, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's it's really damaging. And, that, and, and earlier I kind of started down that path is, you know, the, the other side on this issue are, are unified. They're lockstep. You know, we, we can we can be assured. We, we, we joked about uh, Senator Teague voting for it as a Democrat. But, um, you know, outside of that, there is not going to be one Democrat that supports this. And yet here is on the Republican side, we have a piece of legislation that finally moves us down this road and be, you know, one of the last state in the region to to actually have stand your ground. And and yet we have people who are claimed to be gun rights advocates that are that are in the way. And and it just it, it is it's irrational. It doesn't make sense. You know, with some unity, we can get some things uh, accomplished. But, you know, we're, we're not doing that. Well, and I think it's important to also note we've we've failed to mention that we we actually made one of their changes. Yeah, GOA arch changes. They they put out this list of all these things that they, you know, demanded be changed. And one of the changes we made, which is the amendment that's current, been traveling with the bill on the felony uh, possession of a weapon piece of, piece of the legislation. So because I've, I've seen that they've pointed the finger of, of well, the NRA or, or Senator Ballinger, Rep, Representative Pilkington are the ones who are taking this all or nothing approach when that's actually not not the case no. at all. Well, you've been working on it for quite some time, Bob. <laughs> yeah, and you've changed a lot of stuff in this pers- this piece of legislation over the years. I yeah. mean, I know you have. Yeah, we, we we've had to go back and forth. Really, I mean, the, most of the changes happened during session in 2019. Yeah, the the biggest. But but since then, we've we've had to tweak this and change this and 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 massage that. And and it just all of a sudden was surprised that we had a had a group that you know honestly should have been all for it that because of personalities said they're against it okay so where are we well before we do that i told everybody that you know when you get into a piece of legislation like this 
hardball gets played sometimes behind the scenes. And that has happened uh, with this bill. And I'm going to be one of the first persons to tell you that the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee is one of my favorite people. I'll just put it that way. Uh, And she put some pressure on a freshman representative. Is that right? That's what I've been told. Um, uh, You know, I I heard Seth's assessment on the on the way into the studio, and I'd have to somewhat disagree. And I would I would say that uh, the the jury at this point is still out as far as if if Chairman Dalby wants to be helpful, uh, because frankly the path forward uh, hinges upon her helpfulness. Um, How how does how can she help? Well, obviously, we the, the the bill can be heard again in her committee. Okay. Um, and committee chairmen in the state have a lot of say as far as you know the the schedule of the committee when bills are heard or not heard. Um, so, it, it, you know, she she's an important piece in all of this. And when your chairman tells you, don't roll call it. So, and it's not. I'm sure it's not just this this one member. That heard it. It was several other people. Now, let me say this. We'll end up having – we have plenty of time. We'll get everybody on the record as to where they're at. But this is one of those things. It's a lot easier to either say no or say nothing when you're not going to be held accountable by your constituents. If it's just a voice vote. Yeah, okay. if it's just a voice vote. And so, I, you know, it, it, it is helpful to get everybody on the record. Now, it's going to happen either we'll pull it out of committee and, and, frankly, then Chairman Dalby will be completely unnecessary for the process. Right. But if she wants to, if she wants to be legitimate part of the process, then you know we need her help in scheduling and not to be pressuring her her members to vote against it or not roll call it, right? So, but I, I think I, you know I, I at this point I'm I'm pretty confident that we'll get that done. I, I don't think that she is an enemy to the legislation, at least as it is now, right? So if we make that amendment, then she's she's gone. Okay. Bottom line, we got one minute to go. When is this going to be heard again? When did it, does it get voted on again, do you think? Uh, so it, it, it depends, but it probably will be the earliest possible. Maybe it'll be pulled out of committee on Monday or out of out of committee on Monday. Um, if not, it may be heard in committee on Tuesday. Okay. So there you have it. Next week. So, uh, Seth, I got, I got 30 seconds. Anything that you want to say, you know, back to Matt by chance? No, hey, I, yeah, I completely understand his position. Of course, we here at the party has to do what's best by 78 House Republicans Correct. and by 28 Senate Republicans, you know. And so I, I respect everybody in the process. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if the majority of a committee wants to do something, it's hard for the chair to stop a majority, a united majority. But when we're split, it's pretty easy for the Democrats to take the day. Yep. All right. I, I got to tell you, I'm, this is what I'm going to say. If. This piece of legislation gets out, and we're going to have a uh, a vote where everybody knows how everybody votes, whether in committee. They're going to know if they're out on the floor. Bottom line is, it will pass. I agree. Yep. All right. Got a break. I got more coming your way in the next hour with Joe and Duck. They'll be here in just a moment.
Joe's here. Duck is and still having problems with his knee. He'll be back here in a week or so and be back in studio with us and uh, didn't get on with us uh, on the phone, but that's okay. It's all right. We hope that he gets better. That's the key. We just want him to get better. So let, we got the phone lines open, 823-0965, 823-0965. If you got a question for Joe, he'll be happy to answer it for you. Look, this goes back 19 years, well, 20 years, to be honest, because we're 2021 now, 20 years that Joe started doing this with me. Uh, it took me about six months to get him to decide to come on the, the radio. And, and after he did it a couple of times, he was like, I like this. I like doing this. And so it's uh, it's history now, and he's with me every week uh, to talk about uh, cars. So a two three zero nine six five. you call that number, and you can talk directly to Joe of Joe's Garage here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I've got a bunch of questions here that have been sent in, so we'll we'll get to those as well. Seven minutes after seven. My thanks, by the way, to State uh, Senator, uh, uh, of course, uh, Bob Ballinger, to NRA, uh, 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 Matt Harriman, and to everybody else that was sending me texts and everything during the show. Uh, that's it's a it's a big issue right now, dealing with the uh, the whole deal with uh, uh, the stand your ground legislation that's trying to make its way through uh, the uh, this you know the state meeting that's going on right now. All right, 2011 Kia Forte SX, a four-cylinder, 2.4-liter uh, engine, uh, uh, Joe. What happens if I disconnect the harness from the throttle body? Hello, I need to clean the throttle body harness terminals, but how do I clean them without deprogramming the throttle body? Should I remove the battery or just the negative terminal, or should I do it at all? Thank you very much. Well, I, I'm not sure what she's asking. If she needs to clean the throttle body, it's the throttle throat, the throttle plate. You don't have to unplug anything to do that. But if you did unplug it, yeah, there's probably a throttle relearn in there, and there's a manual way to do that. Just have to read on it. Every manufacturer's got a little different thing, you know. But uh, some of them you have to use a scanner on to do it. Uh, but she doesn't I, – I don't understand why she would want to clean the terminals, uh, if there's an issue with it, like if it has a code in it for a uh, high resistance or low resistance or something like that, I don't think cleaning the terminal is going to fix it because most of the time it's internal in the throttle body. Inside the throttle body, there's a tack module, which is a throttle actuator control, which is an electric motor. Okay. <clears throat> and it has a like a potentiometer on it to tell it exactly where it's at at all times. And then they have a backup on there. It's got a... Uh, throttle position sensor that's monitoring where that throttle plate is and then your uh, app your accelerator pedal position sensor if you push the gas pedal down and request a certain amount of throttle if it doesn't get it there within like a 30th of a second and all of them don't match then it'll set a code for a throttle body and it may take the accelerator away you might have to shut the key off and restart it to get it back and a lot of times you'll see that when the throttle body is really gummed up and it doesn't react quick enough or it doesn't close all the way when you let off. So I don't think she needs to clean the terminals. I think she needs to clean the throat. 
that's what i think Dave. okay all right so she's going she's trying to do more than what she has to do i think she's mistaken on what part needs to be cleaned it's not the terminals it would be the throttle body the throat or the okay all right so you may be opening yourself up to bigger problems yeah she may that, that's usually what happens when people try and do work themselves they either overdo it or underdo it or screw it up in the process of doing it and make problem worse <laughs> yeah it's easier again that's destroy your own not yeah DIY. you know do it yourself yeah all right uh 2007 honda accord lx four cylinder 2.4 liter Fifty thousand mile engine light came on the check engine light came on uh bought brought it into an auto repair shop they couldn't access the panel quickly to read the code told him he would need an appointment uh, and not to worry about it unless it flashes. Told him people drive for months with this on. Do you agree for him not to worry unless it starts flashing? Just ordered a cold reader to do this work. Did some Google searches and saw that people have had major problems with this model. Hope won't be having major problems with this car in the future. Well, if, if he plugged in the ALDL and his scanner didn't come on, it's got a blown fuse. That ALDL is powered. And uh, even if, if they buy a code reader and try and do it, if the, if the, if the voltage is off the ALDL, they're not going to get any communication. Uh, let's just talk about the check engine light for a few minutes. How about it's one light. It's a malfunction indicator lamp. They're probably somewhere around 120 to 100. And, 30 codes that can cause that malfunction indicator lamp to come on. Uh, some of these codes can be, for instance, evaporative emission codes, can be exhaust emission codes, they can be fuel management codes, they can be misfire codes, transmission codes. Uh, the list goes on and on. But a lot of vehicles today have traction control on them. If that light's on, it's going to disable the traction control and bring your ABS light and your brake light on to tell you that's been disabled because the engine computer and the transmission computer and the analog brake computer all have to work together to create traction control. Uh, and if there's a fa- fault code in one of them, it eliminates the others from doing their job, so it turns those lights on to tell you that there's a problem. And let's just say it was a fuel cap problem, okay, something minor. Yeah, you could drive it like that, but you really need to know what it is. Because then you can make a decision about what you want to do. But if that light's on for a fuel cap problem that's not anything to do or detrimental to the vehicle, if that light's on for that and then something else goes wrong, you're not going to know. There's only one light. Okay. So you don't get any brighter. The only time it'll flash and you know not to drive it is generally when you have a misfire code. And that misfire code, the reason they flash that light to tell you to quit driving it is because that unburned fuel going down the exhaust can damage the catalytic converters Ooh, and cause you to spend a lot more money to repair it. If you keep driving it with it flashing and it missing, yep, you're going to do damage to the to the converters and, and just make your cost of repairing the vehicle a lot higher. Yeah, well, let me just say, and but, I'll let Joe talk about this, replacing catalytic converters is exceedingly high. You could spend fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars replacing them. A lot of vehicles today have three or four on there. They got them on the right bank and the left bank. If it's a V six, if it's a four cylinder, 
It's usually got one in the manifold and one in the little, another little one in the pipe on the way back. So there's two on the four-cylinder. But the thing about it is she's asking a question about should she get this checked and is she going to buy her own code reader? Don't buy a code reader. Don't waste your money on that because if you have a code reader and you read the code, you're not going to know what to do. Take it in. Have somebody check it that's professional, knows what they're doing. If you go to a bumper-to-bumper certified service center, I see them every day in my parking lot. I plug into them. I won't light up. I pop the hood up and go to the fuse relay center. And generally, that ALDL fuse, guess what they put that circuit on, Dave? The accessory port or the cigarette lighter fuse. Okay. And those are the ones that people jab things in and overload and it pops a fuse. Well, they don't know the ALDL fuse is blown. But the first time you plug a scanner up to it and it won't com- communicate, generally that's it. All right. Just letting you know. Uh, phone lines, 823-0965. Uh, we've got a caller. We'll come to you right after the break. We'll go ahead and get our first break in, and then we'll come back and take your question here for Joe at Joe's Garage. He's here doing the car segment here by himself. Duck can't make it. Uh, he's had uh, He re-hurt his knee a couple of uh, days ago. Uh, so just know that that's giving him a fit. And they're getting it fixed up, and he'll be back with us in the very near future. St. Clarity uh, Residential Cleaning is the people to call to come in and deep clean your home. Now, we start off with about 20, 22 of these uh, certificates. We're down to nine mm. uh, certificates. So uh, two of those I'm going to buy. Unless Valentine's you, Day. Yeah, unless you get to them before I do. All right, just let you know. Uh, but the bottom line, if you want one of these certificates, and let me explain how it works. Typically, to deep clean a home up to 1,500 square feet, foot is going to cost you 200 bucks. If you're going to do a home that's from, from that 1,500 to 2,500 square feet, it's going to cost you $300. But if you buy your certificates for uh, St. Clarity Residential Cleaning, uh, through us here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, uh, you'll only pay 50% of that. So $100 for the $200 uh, 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 certificate and 150 for the $300 certificate. you got to call 404-6560. 404-6560. Do it between 9 to 5. Talk to Chuck. He'll sell it to you right over the telephone. It's that easy to do. And then... The folks from St. Clarity will be in touch with you as well. You'll make a call. They'll talk to you. They'll come out and visit you, look at your house, and uh, you know, go over everything they're going to do. Make sure that's what you want done. So stay tuned and get your uh, your certificate now at 404-6560. Talk to Chuck between 9 to 5 right here at 1011 and get it before Valentine's Day. All right, let's continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Talk about bumper-to-bumper here in a moment. But first, let's talk to a couple of callers out of Conway. Linda is first. Hi, Linda. How are you? And uh, tell Joe what kind of car you got and then what the problem is. Hey, Linda. Thank you. I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, Joe, I have a 2005 uh, Nissan Frontier, and I was involved in a wreck and my airbag exploded, and I'm not able to start my car. It was running when I left it, but now it won't. Is there something that has to be reset? Well, was this was this vehicle wrecked in the front? Uh, both ends, front and back. 
Okay. Well, I, I, man, ma'am, without seeing that, Linda, I, I don't know that I could answer your question. There, there's a lot of things going on there. You've got fuel pumps, fuel lines. What's the mileage on this frontier? Uh, 390,000 miles. Okay. Linda, I love you. You are like me. You drive it until the wheels fall off. Good job. Go I do, and I don't want to give it up. I, I understand that. You get used to a car. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that probably, you know, it's going to have to be checked. I, I can't say that it's related to the wreck, but it might very well be without looking at the vehicle and checking it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things come to mind. There's some wiring harnesses, and there's fuel lines, and there's relays, and a fuse relay center, and all it takes is pinching a wire here or there. You can you can pinch something on one of the center wires on the five volt reference and ground it, and it's not going to start and run because it takes down the uh, the the five volt reference wire, and all the centers won't work. You won't get your you won't get the signals you need to get it to start. Okay. Oh. Okay, well, great. I appreciate you answering my questions, and uh, thank you very much. Okay, and let me suggest something to you, uh, uh, Linda, and that is uh, right there in Greenbrier, there is a bumper-to-bumper service center, and uh, we know the owner, and he will do you good if you want to go up there and talk to him. Tom Barkley. Tom Barkley is his name. Barkley? Yes, ma'am. Okay, great. Thank you so right. much, and I appreciate you taking my call. Sure, thank, thank you. you. We appreciate you being part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. Uh, Jake is in Conway. Jake, what's the problem? What kind of car? How many miles it's got on it? Hey, Jake, how are you? Hey, 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 Joe. Uh, I've got an 06 Trump that I've had for about a year. It's got 100,000 miles on it, and I wasn't going to call in, but then you start talking about check engine light and other traction control issues uh, that can that can pop up um, with your check engine light on. And so I've got kind of two questions. <clears throat> my check engine light came on a couple months ago, and I, I went to my local auto store, and it was an evaporation system issue, a purge valve solenoid. So I got a purge valve solenoid and replaced it. And uh, I took my battery cables off, tried to reset the system. The light came back on, so I went and had them clear uh, clear the code with their scanner. Yeah. I mean, thought that took care of it. About a day later, the code come back on. So uh, shortly after that, I went back down there, and they scanned it again. And I said, well, what's the issue? And they said, purge valve solenoid. And I said, well, I replaced the purge valve solenoid. They said, basically, they didn't give me much more direction than that. They're like, well, it could be a connector or this or that and the other. So my first question is, what do you think I should do in that situation? And my second question is, is I've noticed ever since the, the check engine light has been on, about every third day that I drive the car, both of my traction control malfunction lights come on. Now, when I turn the vehicle back off on that particular trip and turn it back on, like going back home from work, they won't, they won't show up again twice in a row. It's like every third day they show up. Now, is that possibly re- related to that light? That's my second question. Yes, sir. It's related to the light. Uh, the code you have in there for a purge valve solenoid is probably a circuit. Uh, it, it it could be, you know, there's a test for that. You can test the circuit. You can test the connector. You can test the wiring going to it. Uh, it could also be that uh, there's a line busted or, 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 or smashed flat or something like that on the vehicle, too, where it can't purge it. Uh, there's a lot of things that go on on the crankcase vent system. Uh, okay. I, I can tell you that any part of that can be taken care of. Now, 
you said you put your purge solenoid on. It did good for a little bit, and then it started messing up again, right? Yeah, it, it cleared for maybe a day, Joe. I mean, it okay. really didn't. wasn't very I mean, long. Did you yeah. fuel that vehicle yeah. during that day? Uh, Number two. No, I don't. I, I don't recall. It's been a couple of months ago. Okay. I don't. I don't recall. Number two. When you fuel your vehicle, do you pack the fuel in it? You fill it up and won't hold no more. I I I put the nozzle in, Joe, and I press down on it, and mm-hmm. when it stops, that it's full, I just hang it up. Uh, you don't round it off to the next dollar, then? No. Okay, no. well, don't do that. That's not good, because all of these valves, these purge solenoids, and you may just have a defective part, too. I don't know. But a lot of them have, they have O-rings in them to seal, and the fuel we have today has got ethanol in it and eats those O-rings up. So the valve, I mean, the purge solenoid could be working, but it cannot be sealing off because it's uh, O-rings eat up in it. So anyway, all those are just things to, to think about. Your second question, why are the track lights on? Sometimes they come on, sometimes they don't. Because every yeah. time you start that car, okay, the light can be on because it'll have a code in it, and it'll it'll say turn the malfunction indicator lamp on, okay? Now, okay. every time you start it and you go drive it, it's going to put it, when you, when you do that, if it set that code in that ignition cycle before, it probably would turn the track lights on the minute it sets that code, Okay. Okay. But if you shut it off and restart it and it doesn't it doesn't doesn't have that code in there current, it's only in the history file. It's not in the current mm-hmm. file. Those track lights ain't gonna come on until it puts it back in the current file. Does that make sense mm-hmm. to you? A, a little bit, yes. That'll so give the, you the definition the, between what I mean is every ignition cycle, you start that car and you go drive it, it and, and it's a drive cycle. You gotta put it in gear, go forward, go this speed, that speed. If it looks yes, and it says that solenoid's working It'll take that code out of the current and it put it back in the history, and it might even turn the light off while you're driving oh. down the road. But if it sets that code again, currently, when it does that code and that light comes on and you drive it far enough, it's going to turn the track lights on. It's telling oh, you there's okay. a problem. That, and, and, and so each manufacturer does that, that strategy differently. But generally, okay. you'll, you'll see that if, if it's a current code and you're driving it, and it sets that code, and it calls for the malfunction indicator lamp, it's going to turn the track lights on because it's turning that traction control off. So you're going to have a brake light, ABS light, and a track control light come on. That's telling you that system's not working. So, Jake, what we're going to suggest, we suggest it to Linda. Go up and see Tom Barkley at the uh, Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Center right outside of... uh, of uh, Greenbrier, and they'll take really good care of you and fix this problem for you. I just have one more question, Jake. Yes, sir. What are you wearing? <laughs> Not khakis, man. I'm in blue jeans and steel toes. <laughs> All right. There, there you go. We appreciate, appreciate you calling. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. But, yeah, that, you know, if you're in the Conway area and uh, it's something that you got to take and go see a bumper-to-bumper certified service center about, we're going to suggest that you head right up there outside of Greenbrier and go see Tom Barkley. He's Tom used to be part of our Saturday show. Yes. Uh, but uh, that's a long drive every Saturday. Well, he's got kids, too, and, and they're in the 4-H the and all kinds yeah, of stuff. And yeah. maybe uh, here in the near future, because he's a great mechanic. So, yes, he is. Uh, we like having him on. Maybe we can get him on in the near uh, future. Maybe I can get him to come in here on a Wednesday and join uh, joe and duck one time that'd be fun to have him back on all right so uh, there you have it right now phone lines are cleared off we're ready for your call 
823 Joe is here from Joe's Garage over in the Chris, on Crystal Hills Road. He'll answer your questions when we return after Rush. All right, remember the Dave Ellswick uh, uh, quote uh, about your retirement. Your money must outlive you. You don't want to be alive and not have money. I'm just saying, okay? So you've got to make sure you do your retirement correctly. How best can you prepare yourself? Get a hold of David Lucas Financial. Uh, get a hold of one of his brochures. You watching on Facebook can see me holding that up right now. Uh, the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist. Are you ready to retire? If you're over 50, you definitely should be reading this and answering all the questions in it. Uh, and the questions are kind of just yes or no. I mean, do you know, uh, does your retirement plan include a strategy to reduce my taxes in retirement? Yes or no? If you can't answer yes, then you need to find out from David Lucas how you can do that because taxes are at a 40-year low right now, and uh, you have a, uh, a co-retirement account. You own about, oh, right now you own about 75% of it, and 75% of it, if it's a regular 401K, is owned by the federal and state government. Uh, make sure that you're prepared for when those taxes go up, and I think they will. Uh, you're not paying, you know, uh, 30 35%. Because why, you know, save all that money and then give 35 40% back to the, to the government? To uh, get your copy of the free retirement tax uh, analysis, the ultimate retirement planning checklist, be one of the first 10 callers at 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, Joe is here from Joe's Garage. He's answering your car questions. Scott is with us from Jacksonville. Hey, Scott, what's your car? What's the mileage, and what's the problem? Hey, Scott. Hey, how are you? It's a uh, 2011 Silverado uh, 2500. It's got about 280,000 miles on it, four-wheel drive. Uh, my issue is uh, my front right braking system um i've changed out both calipers and and so basically it's got calipers that are a month old plus a new brake pads of course Uh, but my right side is kind of pulling when i hit the brake uh, doesn't seem to pull when i'm not hitting the brake but you know it still may be touching but when i hit the brakes it pulls to the right and I'm noticing that there's brake dust on that right wheel, uh, pretty heavy. Um, well, I also changed out the the lower ball joints recently, and uh, pulled that analog sensor out, cleaned it up, and noticed that that connector wasn't. It didn't feel like it was snapped in. It was in there and it was tight, but it it didn't snap. It didn't click into place. So I'm wondering if maybe that connection is causing a problem there. Well, if that connection was an issue, you'd have an ABS light on, a track control light in there. I do. You do have? Well, yes. that's going to be separate. Let me tell you what happens, okay? 
if mm-hmm. every time you start that truck, it does a self-test on the analog brake system, and every time you drive it down the road, it's monitoring the wheel speed sensors. If one of them is not reading properly or something, it's going to turn those uh, the, the ABS light and the brake light on to tell you that system's been turned off. It's inoperative. Okay. Then you're back to just conventional brakes. And I'm going to tell you, when you hit the brakes in these vehicles today, if you hit the brakes in that truck and it pulls hard to the right, the left front is not working. The front okay. brake hoses are restricted. Now, what happens to that when you apply the brakes? That hydraulic fluid has got to travel out to those brake calipers, okay? Mm-hmm. If one of the hoses inside after age, that hose will deteriorate and start constricting and make the pathway smaller, okay? Mm-hmm. So when you hit All the right. brakes and that fluid travels out, the one on the left ain't getting there as fast as the one on the right, so the one on the right applies more pressure and quicker and faster, so it makes it pull to the right. What you need and that to do, will be where the brake dust is coming from. That front brake's really the only one that's working real good, okay? <laughs> I got you. Okay, makes sense. Replace both front brake hoses, because if you put the left okay. one on there and it's wide open and the right front is restricted partially, you're going to have the problem switch over to the other side. <laughs> Right. Okay. Makes perfect sense. I appreciate the info. Now, on the ABS light, you need somebody to scan that with a scanner. And mm-hmm. on our scanners, we can drive it down the road and we can watch those wheel speed sensors work. We can tell okay. you if we got a bad signal or if it's, a, if it's a problem with the wiring going to it or if it's a sensor itself. Okay. So, but but I'm pretty sure if you put two front brake hoses on it, you'll fix your pulling on braking. Okay. Sounds good. All right, man. Thank you. All right, there you go. You're all set. All right. Sounds like I've got a Saturday project. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. You have a great one. It's supposed to be nice this Saturday. Bumper to bumper's got those hoses in stock. Where's the closest one in Jacksonville or around Jacksonville? Uh, The closest one in Jacksonville, there is two in Cabot. There is one in Levy in North Little Rock. Probably your closest one right there. Okay. Uh, okay thanks guys all Thank right you. talk Bye-bye. to you later glad to take care of it all right uh, 8230965 uh we're moving into the final segment of the show if you want uh, joe to answer your question you need to call now let us get it set up in the system 8230965 and and know this if you call in and uh, and we've been known to fill up all the lines completely and we can't get to everybody joe will stay here and get on the phone and answer sure. you he will not leave somebody uh sitting there and waiting for 15 minutes and then say sorry we can't get to you he nope. will talk to you and yep. talk to you about your problem keep that in mind all right with that in mind let's talk about bumper to bumper you mentioned bumper to bumper uh, uh parts stores in in cabot they got one in levy you get this guy his uh, hoses that he needs for his uh, mm-hmm. his brakes sure well, you know, we're bumper-to-bumper certified service centers, and why do we do business with them? Well, they got the best parts, the best service, and the best price. That's about it, Dave. And uh, they have a huge warehouse and distribution center here in Little Rock. Yep. And uh, they have the, the the availability of those parts is just right here on hand. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it is like a hundred-year-old company, and they've been around – for a hundred years and they they're have not going anywhere. 101 this year. And they're not going anywhere. <laughs> and and it's the same people own it today that owned it back then. They just hand it down to their 
their kids and their grandkids, and it keeps going, and, and it's an awesome company, and the folks that work there, yeah, if you talk to anybody, you know, last year we did a couple things where some of those guys would come in here, and we would interview them and talk to them about how oh, they yeah. get started. And something, if you ask those guys, most of those guys that are in management today over there, they started as a stock boy yeah. or a counterman, yeah. and they worked their way up. Yeah, so we had everybody who was anybody in here. The, the owners, <laughs> they own it today, but their fathers and grandfathers owned it before them. They made them start that way too, Dave. So they know the company from the bottom to the top. That's the way you should. And that's the way they ought to do be, it. You know, and, and it's awesome. And, and we, we like that kind of atmosphere and we like that kind of service and we like that kind of quality of part on that kind of price. Okay. And we pass the price and the quality of part on to our customers. That's what it's all about. Well, I can tell you this much. If one of my kids wanted to be in radio, and I try to dissuade them from that all the time, but they wanted to do it, and I owned the station, you know, they would be on the midnight shift downloading programs and things of that Mm -hmm. nature to learn how the equipment works and things of that nature and and how radio works, so to speak, and uh, we would do it that way. All right, let's go ahead and get one more caller in, and then we'll take our break. Charlie is in Benton. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Uh, what car you got, and how many miles? Hey, guys. Good morning. Uh, I got a 2010 Silverado 1500 two-wheel drive, and my issue has been I replaced an ignition switch. I'd be going down the road in the mornings, and it would my truck would go into limp mode, and all the lights would come on, and the locks would be going haywire. And I ended up buying a book and, and finding that, I should replace the ignition switch. Well, I replaced it, and it fixed everything. And then about oh, six months later, uh, a few weeks ago, the same issue started rising up and started trying to put it in limp mode again. I replaced the ignition switch again just, you know, for laughs, and it worked. And everything's cleared up again. I'm just wondering how normal is it to go through two ignition switches in about six months time well i'm going to say the quality of the switch is the issue you know there's a there's a lot of places to buy parts okay i don't know where you bought it at and i don't want you to tell me but i'm just going to make this statement okay Okay. if you go to a discount parts place and buy the cheapest part that money can buy that's what you got the cheapest part money can buy now if i was working on that truck i'd be putting an ac delco back in there okay okay like what it was born with I'm a okay. big believer in that. Those folks built the truck. Their parts are better. And and there are some aftermarket manufacturers out there like Standard Motor Products mm-hmm. that take a problem because, you know, Chevrolet don't make that switch. They bought it from a vendor, and they ordered it at those specs, okay? And that okay. vendor made it. Well, that vendor may not be making it anymore, and they might have had an issue with it after going on 10 years, okay? Right. Well, Standard Motor Products comes in and says, you know what? We can make that switch better than it was made originally. Huh. Because we know what the little defect is in it. What what contacts wear out in it? Let's beef those up and make them stronger so it'll last yeah. longer. So be yeah, very careful. Yeah, that's what it looked like happened. It, it looked like it, it kind of it was, na- was nasty looking, kind of burned up looking. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd had a key break off in my ignition um, several months before the first ignition switch started giving me trouble. Mm-hmm. And I had a locksmith, you know, re- get in there and, 
you know, I'm not familiar with everything they do with that cylinder and everything, but I was just, I was curious if that was my issue, but yeah, it sounds like I just bought a, a crappy part. Well, it's, that's my opinion, okay? Okay. Go you get know. go get your next part at Bumper to Bumper. Yeah, and, and buy gotcha. AC Delco or, or Standard Motor Products, something like that, a quality part, and, and I think you'll be all right. You know, if you had a key issue with that, having to wiggle it and all that, and it finally broke off, you couldn't get it turned, you couldn't get it in, you couldn't get it out and all that, and you had a locksmith in there, a lot of times people will spray stuff down in there to wiggle it to make it work. That stuff runs down that lock cylinder, and it can get oh, over yeah. there into that electrical component that you're talking about, Okay. Gotcha. And that can cause it to have what they call a thermal short, where it's not making a good contact, and it'll get hot, and it'll burn the contacts up in it. Okay? Oh, okay. So you, yeah. you got a okay. lot going on there that might have caused this, but get the lock and key cylinder fixed. Make sure it turns e- smoothly and easily and put a new quality electrical switch in there, and I think you'll be just fine. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. All Thanks, right, Charlie. Charlie. Good day. Bye. Have a good day. We'll come back. we got more questions. We'll take him when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, you talk to Joe because he knows cars. He can lead you the right way. You, he, and if you get over to his shop, I will tell you this, they will fix your car. But here's uh, the other thing. If you need to do something for your roof, you go to see Joel Johnson, and you let PI Roofing do the job. Because Joel Johnson is the Joe of Joe's Garage for roofing. Uh, they fix your roof. They don't just get up there and screw around. They fix your roof. I know this for a fact. They've done my roof, and they have also fixed my roof because uh, a uh, satellite company drilled holes in my roof and then didn't plug them right. And they came out, and they took good care of that. Uh, PI Roofing can come out, walk on your roof, find problems that you might have that you don't even know you have, and it just hasn't shown up yet. Let them come out and do that for you. And make sure you don't run into a leak. That's why they call themselves the leak detectives. Just call them, 707-3551, 707-3551, or visit them online. That is piroofing.com. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, final segment, eight minutes left. Willie has a car question. Okay, Willie, what kind of car is it, and uh, are you under 500,000 miles? Uh, it's an 08 Toyota Avalon <laughs> with a little over 45,000 miles on it. Oh, wow. And it's pulling to the left. Okay. Well, Joe, what what would you tell Willie? Well, it's an 08 model, and, and that mileage, I mean, you know, I'd be looking at the suspension on it to make sure that it's not got anything worn out. If it doesn't have anything worn out, the only other thing that would make it pull would be an alignment issue or a tire issue. So those are the three things you need to look for. First, check suspension, see if there's anything worn out, loose, got slack in it. If not, you'll check the alignment. If the alignment's off and you can see a visible reason why when you're looking at your your, your screen on your alignment machine, if you see a reason there why it should be pulling one direction or the other, then you'll align it and it'll correct it. If not, you're going to be looking at a tire. You can have what they call a, a radial tire pull. Now, all the tires on the car need to be the same size number one number two they need to be the same brand a lot of times if you have a off one tire on the right front is this brand and even if it's the same size as the one on the left front same size different brand they grip the ground harder one of them will be a little bit harder gripping the ground and it'll cause it to pull too so you need to make sure that the front tires are matching size wise and brand wise okay 
I just got two new front tires put on, Joe. Okay. Are they the same as the two rear tires? Uh, I don't think they are. Well, it's probably an alignment issue, Willie, you know. A front end alignment? Yeah, most likely. Did you get it lined up when you put the tires on? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, that car right there, that Toyota Avalon, is a front-wheel drive car. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, when you you bring it in for an alignment, you have to align all four wheels, which means the rear could be out of alignment causing it to pull because what happens is if the rear is off on the toe end, it'll dog mm-hmm. track, so you'll be pulling the wheel over one way to try and get it to go straight. Yeah. Now, whenever yeah. you do a four-wheel alignment, you have to align the rear tires first, and then you do the front. Okay? Now, okay. now I'm, I'm going to tell you, I know that you're down in the Benton area, but Joe has got the best machine for aligning your tires I've ever seen. Yeah, I have a Snap-on uh, alignment machine, and it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a top line, the best you can get. And I promise you, when you get through, you'll get a printout showing you what the specs were on it when we set up on it, and what the specs are when we get through. And you'll see the what's in the red will go to the green. And so, mm-hmm. it, you know, alignment issues are what they are with the roads we have with potholes and curves. Oh yeah. It's it's just like Dave's. Whenever he comes in, every two or three oil changes, I'm checking his alignment on his vehicle. You know, yeah. And if I check it and it's in, there's no charge. Only time there's a charge at, at Joe's garage for an alignment is if we make an adjustment. Okay. Okay. All right. Might try that. I mean, you're right there by Duck. Duck can do it as well. I don't think yeah. Duck has alignment. Oh, he doesn't no. have an alignment. Okay. No. So just bring hey, it over to Joe. Yes. I got a couple quick jokes for y'all. Okay, quick. How do how how do billboards talk? I don't know how do billboards talk. They use sign language. <laughs> okay, these are dad <laughs> jokes. These are dad jokes. Go ahead. <laughs> how how did the vacuum cleaner die? I don't know. Couldn't breathe. I don't know. It bit the dust. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you later, Willie. Thanks so much. Good talking to you, Willie. couple new dad jokes for you today mm-hmm. here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I like that. We could, we're down to two minutes, so okay. I'm not even going to bring up a new thing, except to say someone talked about a 2007 GMC Acadia six-cylinder, 3.6-liter. It's the, it's the exact same car I've got, except it's three young, uh, years younger yep. uh, than mine. And they're asking about their transmission, and he's not done any kind of um, transmission updating on it or fluid change or anything. Go see Gary at Mid-State. At Mid-State Transmission in in Benton. He'll tell you what you need to do. Absolutely. Just saying. He's the man. He's the man about transmissions. And uh, are you on this Saturday? Yes, sir. All right. So yeah. you and uh, David Zendayhouse will yep. be joining me. Yep. All right. Looking forward to that for the car and truck doctors. Uh, if you had a question and you, you, we ran out of time and you couldn't get in, know that at uh, Saturday at 9 a.m. you can call us in then yep. and get uh, get the answers from, from Joe and from David. So you have two mechanics here, two technicians, one owner, one manager, mm-hmm. and they'll be help, able to help you out as well. The number is always the same, 823-0965. So how's business going? COVID-19 seems to be lessening across the United States. Uh, well, you know that. picking up. The election's over, That's so it's right, going yeah, away. Uh, yeah. Biden's in there, so yeah. everything got, got good really fast. Yeah. So uh, 
what's your what's your take uh, business coming back now we've been busy we've never really slacked up a lot you know i think when folks quit flying dave they started driving more well i agree with that you know i do have some i have some worries and concerns if the price of fuel keeps going up that's going to affect our 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 industry because uh you know i remember the last fuel crunch we had a lot of kids weren't allowed to drive to and back from school because mm-hmm. fuel cost too much so the parents stopped that and then the parents you know they just uh if if they didn't need to go they wouldn't go so that if, if you take those miles off those vehicles it 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 changes the the maintenance schedules on them it puts them further out so it slows that down of course breakdowns don't occur either when you're not driving so it, it you know the price of fuel if it starts going up is going to affect our business I, i'm sure it will. i don't see how they can cut back on the oil and gas uh market and it not go up yeah i don't either supply and demand yeah i'm, you, you, I'm you nervous reduce about the that. supply and the demand stays the same you got a problem yep i agree when it starts getting ex- too expensive to drive to work that's not good all right let's take a break we'll uh, be back on the dave ellswick show tomorrow morning at 6 a.m uh joe what's your phone number over at joe's garage 501-753-4685 you get over there by 10 o'clock you might run into me i got oil change taking yep. place today here on my uh my jalopy i call it jalopy now yeah dave will be there shaking hands giving autographs huh? yeah kissing babies what are you say with my mask on though yeah that's all right, right. <laughs> we're gonna take a break i'll see you tomorrow morning 6 a.m joe thanks for coming in we'll see you next week